Welcome to the All In Podcast. This week, I am joined by Buster Share. He's an incredibly accomplished 20-year-old entrepreneur. He's a founder of Hoops Nation, Cards Nation, Travel Nation, the host of The Buster Show, and an award-winning broadcaster. He has built a business around his passion, uh, which is basketball, as well as an incredible show around his curiosity. In this podcast, he shares his journey through broadcasting, starting the Hoops Nation page, which has over a million followers, his thoughts on sports card investing and why athletes might be interested in getting into that, as well as his no-day off-seas mentality. Buster is someone who thinks critically and communicates very well, which I think is rare for someone his age and something I really appreciate, and I think you will too. This is your host, Natalie Allport, and on this podcast, we dive into the mindset, knowledge, and stories behind inspiring and passionate individuals who know what it takes to go all in. So whether you're here for motivation, to learn something new, or just real conversation, I'm humbled you're listening and stoked to go all in with you. Hey, welcome to another week of the All In Podcast. I am joined by Buster Share, host of the Buster Show and founder of Hoop Nation, of like Travel Nation, Cards Nation, a ton of other social media pages. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm digging the the Pokemon t-shirt. What is your favorite Pokemon? It's, thank you. Uh, and it's got to be Pikachu. That's mm-hmm. at, at the very least who I'm most invested in. So by default, uh, I have to say Pikachu. Yeah, and, and I want to get into sport card investing because I know we have athletes who, who listen in here and they might not know anything about real estate investing or stock markets, but I feel like sport card investing is something that they could get into and not miss out on. Could you walk through why you're in it and like what the benefits could be for an athlete who's into sports or just a fan of getting into it? Yeah, so I think at its core... Uh, you know, it is an alternative investment, which has increasingly become more and more popular given volatility of stock markets and nobody knowing what the hell is going on, <laughs> you know, all of those sorts of things. But it really is a safer alternative to gambling, because if you if you really believe in LeBron James, for example, you could bet a thousand dollars on him to win the championship for fifteen hundred dollars profit or whatever it is. Right. But if he doesn't win, you lose it all. Or you could buy a LeBron James rookie card where you're betting on him as a person. You can't gamble on LeBron as a person. You can't bet that he's going to be a billionaire. I would bet everything I own on LeBron James (laughs) to be a billionaire if I could, but you can't. The closest thing you can do to that, though, is buy his rookie card, buy his 2003 Topps Chrome rookie card, which in December was $8,000. Now it's $30,000. Next year, it'll be $150,000. And the year after that, it'll probably be $300,000 if the market continues going at the current rate. So you can dive into things like that. Um, which are safer, you know, alternatives. And there will be dips, um, you know, like for example, the LeBron Chrome rookie was 15,000 during the bubble. And then when they won the finals, it lost half of its value. Oh my gosh. People expected him to win. And that was already baked into the price. So when he won, people started selling. Right. Um, but it's all, it's all just supply and demand, fun market and their collectibles, you know, it's memorabilia, it's fun. Like always, I have to say, never invest more than what you're willing to lose um, and only buy what you love. But it, it sort of is a, a fun alternative investment uh, that over the last two years, for those that have gotten in, it has been very rewarding. 
Yeah. I mean, when I was like 12 years old, I made an eBay account without <laughs> telling my parents because they would never have let me. And uh, I bought up a bunch of baseball cards. So I have like thousands of hockey cards, baseball. I found out that the hockey cards are worth literally nothing because they're all like the 90s sets that everyone has and no one cares about hockey cards. But uh, now I'm realizing that there's really kind of like two types of investors, it seems like you can be in it for the long haul, like a collectible item, or you can do almost like not the day trading type, but kind of where you're, you're trading based off, like they're going to perform well. Um, do you do both of those? Uh, what, what do you suggest or like, what are your conversations about when it comes to those things? Yeah. So I, I used to do a lot more of the modern collecting. It's really like modern versus vintage kids yeah, right. who are you know doing that sort of day trading stuff are collecting modern. They're collecting guys like in basketball, Luka Doncic, Zion, you know, some of the top names that everybody knows, even modern LeBron. Right. Um, but those people are uh, buying it with the expectation of selling it. And by default of that, it makes it much more volatile because they're not betting on his career. Mm. Um, so the supply and demand can be a very tricky thing to keep an eye on because one day, you know, people could decide that they want to dump their Luka Doncic because the market's going down. They're not holding it because they love it. They're not holding it because they believe in it 10 years down the road. They're holding it because they believe in it 30, 60 days from now. And by default of that, it makes it very risky compared to the people who have LeBron Chrome rookies. There are 3,000 of them as opposed to like 20,000, 30,000 Zion and Lucas. Um, but they're buying them and holding them because they believe in it for 10, 20, 30 years. So they don't hit the market nearly as often, therefore hold their value. So, you know, I recommend always a longer term approach, but oftentimes the shorter one can be more rewarding or or less. It all depends. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on your risk tolerance and stress tolerance. I I feel similar with like the stock market. Like everything I've learned in business school and courses is about value investing. So like you got to invest in something that you believe in that company for 10 years or plus. Obviously, you might sell it sooner than that. But nowadays, it seems like people just jump into the stock market based off like, oh, like this announcement next week on the news is going to up this. And so it's similar strategies, I think, in, in both plays, but it makes sense for any athlete or sports fan that like they know more about sports. So why not invest in that? People, people uh, invest based on tweets now. Yeah, that, I can't get into that game. It was just me out. based on memes. That's where we're That's at. That's true. That is true. Yeah. You know what? It's so interesting because for me, like I, I love like Warren Buffett. So I'm like all about learning his strategies. I was into that for, for a long time. And then I realized when he started and like made a lot of his money, there was no social media. There was no like people really following the modern news to direct their investing. So it's just so interesting how times have really changed. Yet some of those people, they have stayed on top when it comes to investing. So crazy. So I want to like dive back to the, the start of your story and uh, how you even came to like be living the lifestyle that you do now. Um, and you're only, you're 20, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So like to be living the lifestyle that you are now and, and get to, to founding Hoops Nation. I know you used to, uh, broadca uh, you were a broadcaster for, uh, what was it, JV, was it women's field hockey in high school? Yes. That is, that is awesome. Can you walk my me greatest, through? My greatest accomplishment. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, we, I don't even know if we had a field hockey team at our school, you know, Canada and the U S like our high school sports are so different. Like we, we wouldn't have a broadcaster at all. Like that's for sure. Like there'd be like two parents on the sidelines of any game of anything. Don't, don't get me wrong. Nobody listened to my broadcast. <laughs> okay. I, okay. Anyway, <laughs> you beg the high school, please. Can I make a broadcast of this? 
practically. So like, how, how did you get into, you know, pursuing what you do now? Do you always have a passion for social media or like, how did you even just get started along this path of making your sports passion into your lifestyle and your business? Yeah. So sort of long story short, I started Facebook blogging about fantasy basketball when I was 13, 14, moved from New York to Connecticut. About that same time, I found out that my high school had a local radio station that broadcast in sports. So unique, so cool. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go to that high school in particular in Connecticut when my family moved. Um, so I started, I, I didn't make my JV basketball team. Uh, thank goodness, because I would have just been playing <laughs> left bench. I was not very good. Um, but instead I started broadcasting the games, starting out with, with this field hockey stuff, sort of, you know, sucked at it for a really long time. Um, but you know, sort of learned some of the basics and was able to apply that over to the Facebook blogging stuff that I was doing through live streams, talking about the NBA. Um, and then a few bigger pages took notice. They started bringing me on to do theirs, was able to build a Facebook audience that way. And then slowly made my way up to broadcasting like the state championships of basketball at the same time, took some internships in New York when I was like 15, 16, I worked for a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, you know, I helped out a company called overtime and did some things like that, uh, which helped me, you know, get a little bit of a broader sense of where, you know, I wanted my sort of place to be at that, at that time. And around the same time realized I knew that I was a terrible student. Um, <laughs> but I submitted to the fact that I was always going to be a terrible student and decided to redirect my focus past, you know, looking at, at colleges that I would have been unhappy at personally and, you know, started putting the pieces in place, building, you know, what then became the Hoops Nation brand, which was my ideal basketball outlet of covering all levels, but memes and fun and stuff like that. Uh, built it on Facebook the NBA caught notice. They brought me in, um, started doing some show hosting for them when I was still in high school and, and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the, the rest is kind of history. You know, I was able to build a personal brand off of it, build some other subsidiary companies, launch other companies, become an advisor and take equity in some of the companies that I believe in. Really just having fun and, and want to help as many people as I can. And in this next year, uh, be as charitable as I can as well. Because one, one thing I will add at the end of this very elongated thing that I said was long story short, but it ended up being long story long, um, is, you know, something I believe in is a lot of people, particularly friends of mine, they think that you do, you make a lot of money and then you do charity at the end. Mm. I believe you're most impactful while you're actually building and growing because that's when you're actually in, in the trenches building relationships that you can then utilize for charitable causes. So I want to get involved in charity ASAP. So that's, that's one of my top priorities this next year. I love it. I'm going to talk to you about that because I know you're working to do that, that marathon. And I told you about a project I'm doing with the, the 100K ski. I had a setback this week. I, I got blisters on my heels. And I have now, some bad news too on that front. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I can't. I just put on socks. I had a just an Amazon package came this afternoon with like the heel tape or like blister tape. And that allowed me to go out and play fetch with my dog because yesterday I tried to walk with my shoes and it was just not happening. So hopefully yesterday that's... was a bad day for both <laughs> of us. I fractured my foot yesterday. No way. What happened? Uh -oh. Compounded running. It was, it's a hairline fracture. So no running for eight weeks. Damn, that's that's yeah. a major setback. But yeah, that's that seems to happen a lot with running. Like it is a high impact sport. People forget that. 
Yep. So I'm, I'm going to become Michael Phelps instead for the next eight weeks. <laughs> you know what? That's a great idea. Our, our pools closed, but when they were open, I think in the fall, the summer, I was going like all the time because no one was doing it with everyone worried about the pandemic. No one was going to the pools. They basically had like, sometimes it was just me and the lifeguards. So I had like the whole pool and I could just chill for an hour. It was amazing. Private lifeguards. Yeah, that's exactly it. Or like, I thought that they were like form judges. I was like, these people are probably so good at swimming. They're watching me. Like I look fit, but I can't swim well, but yeah, it's good. That's funny. But yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully that heals up. Uh, I want to go back to like where you started in, in high school, being like such a, a passionate kid and being into that. Were, were there any judgment of your peers? Were they really supportive of you taking this alternative approach to what you wanted to do? Like, how was that like? Oh, no, everybody hated on me literally every step of the way, like every step of the way until like probably six or eight months ago. Um, Yeah, I mean, everybody said what I was doing was stupid. Like it's the classic stuff. Everybody gets it. But um, yeah, not a single person supported anything I was doing ever except for my family. But, you know, it's all that really matters. Uh, I'm glad you shared that because I think there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are in the same situation because that's my story as well. Like I told everyone in my school, I'm going to be a pro snowboarder and they literally laughed in my face. (laughs) And uh, especially because I said it when I still was horrible. Um, Like you said, when you were still just not great at at broadcasting uh, at the start, but you know what, you got to like put it out there and like work for it. And it's crazy how like things go full circle. Like you, those people come back around and you're just like, it just, it's insane. I can't blame them. You know, no, like, like, yeah, I probably would have thought the same thing too. Like I would have been, yeah. it's not like, I'm like this all altruistic, you know, high believing, I believe in everybody. <laughs> like, of course not. That's ridiculous. I probably would have, I probably thought the same thing about myself at the time too. It's just, I didn't stop. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I love that. And I think it's so true. Like now in, in retrospect, when I look at people, like I see, for example, teen girls and they're filming a TikTok, I'm like, that's dope. Like do your thing. Like I'm glad they're doing that instead of like out there doing drugs or whatever. And, uh, but like when I was a kid, like probably if someone was passionate about something different than what I was, I was probably judging them too. And so, yeah, you can't really hate in retrospect when you might've been doing the exact same thing. It's natural, especially when you're young. Yeah, for sure. So do you think there's an advantage of you being young coming into the game that that helped you with like getting some of these partnerships? Because I think it's so cool seeing what young entrepreneurs are able to do and who they're able to connect with now with social media. I think it's interesting. I think there are a lot of very difficult things about it, but if you're able to beat those hurdles, it can be very rewarding. Um, you know, step one is getting people to take you seriously. And particularly at the beginning can be very difficult. It's one of the reasons I have facial hair. You know, if I did facial hair, I would look like I was 20 years old. But, you know, because the fact that I do and because, of you know, how I, I think, you know, intentionally how I carry myself, it allows people to look past the fact that I was born in 2000, you know, Jeez. like, you know, you know, so it's like those sorts of things. Like when I was 16 and had braces and, and more acne, you know, it's like, it's pretty, I, I couldn't take myself seriously. How am I going to expect this NBA executive, you know, to put any power, any trust in my hands? So the little things that I would do would be, I would take phone calls instead of in-person meetings. So like you have to really hack it in ways that benefit you and don't just ignore things. If you have braces and acne and you're 16, 
don't go in and take all the in-person meetings. Do things that allow people to take you at face value um, for what you're for what you're actually good at. And you know, I'm, I'm just a big believer in in not ignoring things. Everybody has flaws. Just you know, know how to avoid them as much as possible and and build upon them. Often the unavoidable ones, right? Like age, something you can yeah. do. Oh yeah, that's that's so relevant. I, I think I was 21 when I started my business and it was the same thing. I was so nervous to go to in-person meetings with anybody because it would always be like my agency is called 93 Agency. So I was born in 93. And so I'd go to a meeting with like a bunch of 50 year old guys and they would be like, oh, why 93 Agency? Like, is that the year you were born? And I was like, um, yeah. And then they would just make a whole thing about my age, right? So I was like, mm, maybe I shouldn't have named my agency that, but you know, now it's it's all good. But overcoming that in the moment was really difficult for me because uh, I just felt like always being the youngest in the room, like you almost have to make up for it. And it almost makes you try to like, you know, now I'm at a point where I want to not be, I want to be like, the least smart person in the room. I want to like learn from everyone, but I find when I found when I was younger, and I don't know if you've ever dealt with this, you like have to try to prove yourself more. Fortunately, I'm very dumb. So I'm always <laughs> the smart person in the room. Um, and that's a very, it's a very good thing. Um, no, I don't, I don't know. I never really felt the need to sort of prove myself for just cause I, I was always doing, you know, what I enjoyed. And I, I, I think one of the things that I'm very grateful for is I've, I've pretty much stayed away from things that I don't enjoy um, to the detriment of my grades and GPA and <laughs> things like that and test scores. I think my SAT score was like bottom, like really bottom of the barrel percent. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've, I've stayed away from the things that I hate, but the benefit of that is that you don't, um, need you don't really care as much what people think if you're doing stuff you enjoy right mm, yeah that's so true i'm happy we don't have sats up here not unless you want to go to school in the states then you do have to take them right um yeah crazy uh what would you like there's a lot of people who um they might be scared to follow their passions and i think like it's an old school way of thinking where like we have to focus on your school and your grades get into this college and now obviously things have changed where you're able to build like you know have be build financial stability through building social media and doing these things. What would you say to someone who's like their parents don't understand that and they're trying to convince them that they can take this alternative route, whether it's pursuing sports, pursuing social media, entrepreneurship, uh, what advice do you have for that person? Screw them. You know, it's <laughs> like, I, I, I think it, I think it depends on what you want to do. Right. Like if you want to be a lawyer, doctor, et cetera, you still have to go the educational route because personally I wouldn't trust somebody doing surgery, um, you know, on me that did that, that learned on my Instagram reels. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, <laughs> I like I how you said to, Instagram reels, not YouTube. <laughs> I don't, I don't, <laughs> it's like the watered down YouTube. Right. I don't want, I don't want my surgeon, you know, being, the top Reddit guy, you know, mm-hmm. I want him to have gone to a good school and studied and, you know, know things, but that, that doesn't apply to everything. Um, so I think it really just is dependent on your passion, but if it's a proven thing, which now just about everything is regardless of what career you want, you know, like if you're, if you're in that position now, if you were in that position 10 years ago, it would be different because I wouldn't be able to tell you like this person did it, this person didn't do it. You can go and look and find examples of people who did what you want to do now because so many people have come out of this social media, you know, university instead of going right. to college. And 
you can reach out to them and learn things from people who have done what you want to do. And that makes it a lot more tangible, I think. Mm, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, yeah, that's that's great. Uh, yeah, well, I want to get into like your importance of the personal brand because we talk about it a lot on on the podcast and especially for athletes, I think it's just so important that they're sharing more and building their personal brand because that's really the only way, especially for up and coming athletes to get any financial leverage in their sport. And uh, I know you're transitioning away from, you know, just building Hoops Nation, kind of delegating stuff there and building your personal brand. Why is that so important to you? So your personal brand is the only compounding asset that lives the length of your entire life that you'll never make an exit on. Every other business you start in your life, you will have the option to if you want to sell it. Even if I wanted to sell my personal brand, I couldn't. Theoretically, yeah. I could I could sign to a company and they could like own, you know, what I do, but they'll never own your own social media and your own brand, you walking down the street, you, you know, if you're an athlete, you getting an autograph deal or something like that, you'll always have those things that are tied to your personal brand, which is something that by default, you'll never be able to make an exit on. So building those assets alongside the other actual business assets that you're building is, you know, invaluable in the long run. Yeah. Do you have any plans with Hoops Nation of selling at all? I mean, you know, the right deal came. If, 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 you know, Jeff wants to, if Bezos wants to spend some of his free time getting into the basketball meme market, I might have a conversation. Um, no, I, I have, I have no interest in, in selling, um, thankfully, because I, I just love it so much and it's not about, you know, the money too much and I'm building all the subsidiaries and there's, there are far bigger plans, but, um, you know, I, I have definitely in the last year distanced my own personal time slash CPU load away from the day to day. And thankfully, I have people who are managing it who are better than I was. Yeah, well, because people don't realize like the effort that goes into running some of those pages, like people think, oh, you just hang out on social media. It's like it's not easy. Like what was the day to day work like when you were building that up? I mean, I was posting 60 times a day on social media, like on feed 60 times a day. I was posting 20 times on Facebook, 20 times on TikTok, 20 times on Instagram, so on and so forth um, for five years. Like it was really insane what I was doing. Thankfully, it's because I was in school and like I would go to the bathroom to post and things like that, <laughs> do whatever I could. And I was grateful to be able to. It was like... Um, it's like this incredible dopamine rush that I would get every time I posted. And it's, it's a really addicting drug, but, you know, played to the benefit of high school buster. Mm, yeah, that's, that's crazy. It is like so much work. Like people really don't realize it's not just like, Hey, I'm just going to repost this here and uh, move on with my life. Do you think there's, there's still opportunity there on Instagram for people who are trying to build a media brand around sports or anything else? Of course, there's always opportunity you just do it better than everybody else. We'll take their audience. It's simple as that. You know, if you do if you do Hoops Nation better than I do it, you deserve to have the following on me. I right. think it's I think it's as blanket as that. Granted, there's very big misconception on the vast amount of opportunity that is there. Hoops Nation can coexist with ESPN. It can coexist with overtime, and we can all win. But yeah. to that point, if you're super legit there is a level of market share. It's not infinite. Um, so I do think, you know, if you're able to do those sorts of things better, um, and, you know, I, I also on top of that, always invite that. I think competition is what makes end products better. And, you know, 
a lot of people would probably disagree with that, but that's how I feel because I, I believe in the greater. No, I, I totally feel you like TikTok coming around and now Instagram has to change and add reels or for example, you guys in the States have much cheaper phone plans. And the reason that is, is because in Canada, we basically have a monopoly. We have like Bell, Telus, Rogers, and they control the whole market. Much of that is because we have such vast space. It's hard to like put the infrastructure up. So a company has to invest so much, but those companies won't allow anyone else to share their towers or do anything to make it easier for competition. And uh, now there's, there's always been loss it's like about it because they really run a monopoly and now our phones cost like our plans are double the price of what yours is like i don't know what you pay but pardon they're really double uh yeah i think so like how much would you pay for unlimited data i have no idea i don't i don't know (laughs) okay uh i think in the states like you can probably get unlimited data maybe 40 bucks there i don't know something like that it's like i think i pay nearly a hundred dollars a month for my phone just to, and it, after 20 gigabytes, it just gets so slow. Um, That's great. Luckily with the pandemic, I'm just home. So I have Wi-Fi. but if I'm out and about and like, you know, running a social media agency, it's like my phone gets 20 gigs, all of a sudden it's like, and it just dies. So it's, it's interesting that in the States it's so much cheaper, but it's because you guys have so many different companies that you can choose from. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a fun fact about Canada. Canada is also much more expensive when it comes to taxes. I always laugh about how people like you're in Texas and a lot of uh, athletes, entrepreneurs, they move to Texas to save on taxes. I like punched in some numbers to see like, what are taxes in California? Are they really that high? I was like, I would save uh, five plus figures on taxes in California. Like it is way cheaper than where I'm at in, in Canada and Canada's it's pretty similar, like in most of the provinces. So, uh, yeah, you guys should be, should feel lucky, but we do have free healthcare. So there's, there's pros and cons. <laughs> so when it comes back, I want to go back to, to building your personal brand. What are some strategies and tips that you could, uh, give to people when they're looking to grow their personal brand? Let's say they're, they're athletes or they're entrepreneurs and they're looking to, uh, start sharing more content. Right. It's really just authenticity and consistency. Those are the only two things you need to have. You'll figure the rest out. I can't tell you, you know, what to do because it's so individualized, but uh, going onto new platforms right when they launch is important. You know, Clubhouse, we were talking about that right before we came on, but that's an example. Um, and, and just being consistent uh, and you know, authentically yourself, but doing it every day over and over again, trying, failing, doing, you know, leaning into what works if it if you enjoy it pulling back from what doesn't and, you know, compounding, getting people to help you, you know, if you're able to get assistance or social media managers and things like that, those, those things can help too, but just finding your voice on social, talking about what you know about, that's it. That's, that's the Krabby Patty secret formula. Yeah. I I love how you repurpose like some of your best LinkedIn stuff you posted over onto your Instagram. Like I think you do a great job at documenting your your day-to-day. And that's something like I tell most athletes is like document things because you know, if you're that you're, you're busy on working on your projects, other people, athletes are busy on working on, on their sport. It's hard for them to go in and try to create something and like sit down and write something or sit down and create something that they can just document what they're already doing. And that's starting to hit on social media. The more that they can share that, like, there's no way you can go wrong with that. Oh, totally. hundred percent. Yeah. And it speaks to your whole point of consistency. Like you're not going to stay consistent and every single day. You're going to have to make a six hour feature film to post on your, on your content. It's just not that easy. You're also going to get burnt out, which is something to be cognizant of as well. 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So in, in your life, I, like I want to get into, cause I know you're all about no days off, off seas. Uh, how do you prevent burnout? Oh, that's an incredible question. I, I think my foot right now does not know the answer because <laughs> it quite literally stress fractured. <laughs> Um, but with that being said, uh, something I'm experimenting more with now is, um, when you're on the high, like when you're, everybody has highs and lows, right? But when you're on a high, taking a break, hard stop when you're on a high, instead of going, going, going till you're lower. Mm, Yeah. Because if you stop when you're high and you bring yourself down to like the middle intentionally, it's so much easier to stay in that zone than if you are high, you try to maintain that level, which is impossible. Um, so the, the, those are the times when I'll take a step back. Hold on, I'm not gonna be those emails now. I'm just gonna meditate, I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm gonna go on a date, whatever I'm gonna do, right? Um, you know, just to get my mind off of how well things are going right now to bring me back down. Cause you don't, you don't want your highs to be too high. You don't want your lows to be too low. So it's your responsibility to make sure that those highs, everybody says that, but people love their highs too much. They don't stop them. They just try to keep them going till they crash and burn. So something I'm experimenting more with is when I am on those highs, cut it off. I'm out. Peace. Yeah. No. Oh, no. That's so good. So that, that's one of the things, I'm, I don't remember what the question was, but that's my answer. <laughs> no, you answered it perfectly. It was, it was how you prevent burnout. And I think that's, that's a great point because I think a lot of people don't hold themselves back and they don't take those rest days or rest moments or integrate some sort of, you know, mental or physical recovery in their life. And that's exactly how you burn out. You, you tell people everything is good, like everything's on this high, right? And just like you said, it's like coming down, but you're still like, well, it's still pretty high. And it just goes down, down, down until boom, need, something happens. Like, like in a stock, you need a stop loss. You need a stop mm. loss for energy too. And I have my stop loss at every all-time high. Mm, that's a really good point. And like, you never know when it's going to start turning around, right? So like when you hit that high, just take the break. Like, sure, you could have another great day after another productive day, but you just don't know. So just take the rest and like continue on that level so that you just can kind of skip those lows there. It allows you to reflect as well. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Because I, you know, something I was talking about on the clubhouse room this morning was one of the biggest game changers, like for sports. So after snowboarding, I got into the sport of CrossFit and one of my, one of my coaches, he knew I was into meditation, but what he would have me do is do 10 minutes of meditation right after my workout, like immediately. And that was one of the best things that I could have done for my recovery, because I would go from this high, I would drive home and crash. And then how am I supposed to do the rest of my work or hit my second session? It's just not happening versus being able to take myself down, like on purpose that allowed me to go back and get right back into the zone when I had to. Super real. Yeah. So what are you doing with your workouts? How, what's the no days off season lifestyle? Walk me through it. So no days off season is essentially my play on, you know, making sure that you're, you know, reaching your potential from the sense of, if you, you know, no days off, it's not about going as hard as you possibly can every day, because that's what, you know, like we were talking about creates burnout, but it is about doing something every day, whether it be, yeah. you know, going on a walk, whether it be, 
you know, doing that experience, whether it be swimming, kayaking, running, playing basketball, playing sports, doing something you love, spending time outside, standing while you're on your computer instead of sitting, like whatever the heck it is for you, just doing something every day and not taking days completely off, right? Because everybody can go on a mile walk a day at the very least, just to get blood flowing, just to feel good, just to be outside. You need that vitamins from the sun. <laughs> so, you know, those sorts of things uh, prevent you from taking those days off because if you take a day off, it's a thousand percent easier to take another day off. And then it's 10,000% easier to take another day off. But if you don't allow those pathways to form in your brain that, you know, make you accept taking days off, you're good. You're golden. You'll be so much happier, healthier, better. And the same things apply to diet. The same things apply to how you treat other people. The same, those all, all those things fall under no days off. The same things apply to meditating, showering, brushing your teeth every day. I just want everybody to reach their potential. And that's why I started no days off season, no days offseas.com and the newsletter and all the different things that are going to fall underneath no days off seas. Um, We're going to have like workout classes and things like that, that my fitness trainers, uh, friends do. So like, yeah, I really just want everybody to reach their full potential and no days off is just kind of like my cute, funny play on it. Um, but yep, that's really what it means. I love that. I didn't know that you're going so deep with no, no days off with the website, the training that's, it's kind of similar to what I do with all in. And, you know, people always ask me what is all in, like, is it, you know, they associate it with being like so hyper-focused on something that you like lose track of everything. I'm like, no, that's not it at all. It's just being all in on your passions, on your goals of creating the life you want. And of course that involves rest and recovery and, and all these good things. And so I love that. Cause you know, I think at first glance, people might think, okay, no days off sees like no rest day, no, uh, not rest day, but like, no, rest, no recovery. And that's not what it means at all. It's just building that habit and circuitry and keeping, keeping going with it million percent. So I saw that you posted maybe a few months ago about nutrition. How does, how, what have you learned with your nutrition? Cause I know you posted something about how that was such a game changer for you of learning, like what to eat all the right foods. And, um, anyone listening, who's an entrepreneur, I think sometimes they overlook how important that is for your daily energy and being able to show up and like perform what you want to do at, at the highest possible, uh, in the highest possible state of, of mind. So what do you do with that? Yeah. So about a year ago, I decided to stop eating all sugar and bread, which is really intense. I know, but I probably cut 95% out in the last just had a cookie before this. Um, maybe, maybe that's a 5%. Um, (laughs) but you know, I, I don't believe in, you know, either of the terms always or never, but I do think that, uh, it is important to cut things that make you feel poor in the long run. You know, there are so many classic sayings about like doing, doing the difficult thing when it comes to anything, but particularly diet, you know, obviously it sucks in the short term. It's not fun, but it really benefits you in the long run. And just thinking about that while you're eating the, you know, vegetables that you don't like, like there are things that you can do to make healthy food taste great, but, and still be healthy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's crazy just from every conversation with athletes or and with, you know, health, I had a couple of health and nutrition experts on the podcast, because that's just something that I was trying to learn a lot about, particularly then. And just applying those little things like, you know, never eat something that you see advertised on TV because it's not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, shop the perimeter of grocery stores. Don't go in the aisles. You know, there are a million things like that, you know, that I keep in my, you know, diet portfolio and 
just, uh, just trying to, to do the best I can, but everybody always says diets like 80%, uh, or basketball players, 80% of, you know, your game condition is your diet. 10% you work out 10% your mental or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in, in diet and a few other like weird things that I think really impact. Um, <laughs> but diet's definitely up there. Mm, yeah, that's important. Have you seen the pictures of like Tom Brady, his face when he first entered the league versus now that he's like doing all his non-inflammatory diet and all those stuff? Like it's, he's a beast. It's so crazy. Like he looks like he got younger. Like his face was like, you could just tell, like it just had the inflammation. Right. And now like, he just looks so healthy. Amazing. Tom's the best. Yeah. He's, I don't know. Who are you cheering for at Super Bowl this weekend? I'm a Giants fan. I honestly, I'll, I'll be live on Clubhouse though. Um, but um, yeah, probably Tom still. I just, I, I like him as a person. I, I have nothing against Patrick Mahomes either, but they won last year. Mm, yeah, I like both. So I can't really decide. I'm a Packers fan. I saw the Packers versus Giants last December, not like this past, but 2019 before the pandemic in New York. That was a good game, but Packers came up on top. <laughs> There you go. I, I'm a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. We um we co-judge the Tribeca Film Festival together. He's a really good guy. Mm, that's awesome. That's really cool. So, what are those weird things that you said that you do? Um, I mean, I take like probiotic energy drinks every day. Like okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't. I mean, I've never, not never. Uh, I very rarely, uh, you know, drink. I've never smoked. Um uh, probably drank one time in the last four years, but, um, but yeah, I don't drink coffee, you know, really? but, no yeah, coffee, no coffee. I don't really do anything except for these probiotic caffeine drinks that I have every morning. Yeah. They, it would, I know like drink poppy is a probiotic one. That's pretty, pretty popular lately. I don't know about the other ones. We don't have that many up here. I put like vitamins in my water too, stuff like that. I like doing. Oh yeah. I have the daily greens powder because I'm not like a huge vegetable eater. So anyway, I can get more greens into my life. I like have to do it. Otherwise movies or what? No, I literally just drink it. Uh, like when I went on a road trip in September, that was my saving grace, right? Cause you're eating like, you know, whatever food that you can get on the road. And so whenever I travel, like greens are my go-to just shake it up into water and just ch chug it before you can taste it. Yeah, you gotta send me what that is. I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. I I think it's good. Anyway, it's because I don't eat enough vegetables, so it's key. I could always use more, so I'll take a look. Awesome. Well, I have a few few final questions to end things on. First, I just want to know, like, what drives you to be so curious? Because I love that you've built kind of your life around what you're curious and passionate about. Um, you know, I I think by default because I have so much free time intentionally, I have to find things that interest me <laughs> and follow those things because, you know, as busy as some days can be other days, I couldn't have more time. So what am I going to allocate that time to? Well, I might as well allocate it to the stuff that interests me. And when everything else in my life is delegated and, you know, not on autopilot, but on like intelligent autopilot, um, you know, I, I have to pick things to, to find, uh, I just, you know, that's one of the reasons why I like spending time in different cities. I've been spending a month in a different city every month for the last eight months. So, you know, always putting myself in, in, in new situations. I just enjoy. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like, what's the alternative to not like not being curious, like 
doing the same thing over and over. Like I don't play video games. I don't watch TV. I don't really hang out with that many people like, you know, like over and over again. Um, I have no choice. It's just, it's, it's by default of the life that I've set up. I did not realize that you don't play any video games. I just assume like being, you know, your age and with all like the rise of esports that you were into it. I don't, it's a, it's the same reason why I stopped watching the NBA. It's because it's in two and a half hours, you know, I, there are other things that I want to do, like coming on these sorts of pod, like you've, you've 24 hours in a day. Everybody's 24 hours in a day. I sleep like nine hours a day, maybe more. <laughs> I do too. Um, I sleep a lot. And, you know, on my phone, four other hours of the day, what am I left with? Like six hours? Like, you know, it's like, there's not that much time. I can't be as much as I, I, you know, would be happy playing Grand Theft Auto, you know, nothing against people that do that. Although if you do do it, I think you should be live streaming it on Twitch or else you're mm. losing out. But, um, you know, and, and when I have played video games, it has only been for professional. I hosted like a show. Event. I hosted a show for the NBA for a year um, called Out of Controller, where I played 2K against NBA players and played Mario Kart <laughs> against NBA players. And, and then I streamed a little bit of 2K during quarantine. But the only times I, I do that is when I, I am streaming, unless it's also networking relationship building. I think there are benefits to that if you enjoy it. Um, it's nothing ever is an all, all you know, all, one size fits all. Um, but for me personally, I don't do it. I like it. You're super intentional about your time. And I think that's great. Like my parents didn't allow us to have video games as a kid. So we were sent outside to play sports and like it worked out for us. Um, You know, me turning into an athlete, my brother, he's like super into skiing and rock climbing and everything outdoors. And it all came from that. Like, but if someone asks us to like play them in any video game, literally any video game, we will lose. Like we are, both of us are horrible. It's not even, it's not even funny. So I've been like trying to get into the esports space and learn about it, but it's just like not my language like I just can't control like both my I don't know what it is like the dexterity maybe I just don't know what it is I can't do it it's a time thing I'm all right because I played a bunch when I was like super young um and a little bit of its muscle memory but yeah you just you got to put those hours in like anything oh yeah I'm just not willing <laughs> I don't want to spend all my time playing video games yeah, yeah. and what, what's your meditation practice because I know you're huge into that uh I try to do an hour every day when I can um uh, essentially what I do is I sit there, eyes closed, no app, nothing. And I let my mind think about whatever it wants to think about. I usually start out by picturing having everything I want, not for like any achievement reason or anything like that, but I'm like, all right, let's say I have every sports card I ever wanted, <laughs> every house I ever wanted, uh, every car I ever wanted, all of the materialistic things. I have them. Every single thing I ever wanted, I have. I built every business I had. <laughs> what now? My priorities start to show up. And that's how I start my meditation. Because then I'm very directly able to realize, A, what matters? B, what doesn't matter? C, you know, perspective. Like, so we're talking about sports cards. Like, at the end of the day, they're pictures of little men, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> It's ridiculous. I know it's, it's funny. So, so, you know, that perspective is important for somebody, especially that's as deep in the trenches and that <laughs> can get lost in the sauce. Like I have, 
uh, can and will um, at various moments. But that's how I started out. And then, you know, I'll think about all the problems at some point in there because I'm far from perfect, but, and I will never be perfect, nor will anybody, but um, meditation can help you get closer and closer to being uh, accepting with everything and, and give you perspective to make more sound decisions. And that's, that's why I love it. Mm, I love that because there's a lot of like movement towards meditation to visualize getting all those things. And I love how you move past the getting. As I'm, I'm, in, I'm in retrospect meditation. Yeah, I love it. That's so cool and so unique. That's awesome. All right. So these last two questions I ask everybody. Um, one is what is one daily habit that's the biggest game changer for you? And I know you already talked about meditation. So apart from that. I mean, you know, I don't think there's anything that I'm going to say that's shocking, like working out and meditation and cold shower, like that's all the stuff every social media person does. (laughs) I try to do it every day. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I do. Good days are when I do. Bad days are when I don't. That's awesome. I'm also about the cold shower life. It's so key. Um, Okay. Last one is if you are like 150 years old, you're looking back on your life, maybe Elon Musk has extended your life. So it's even past that. Uh, and you look back, what would you want your legacy to be in one word? I don't know. I could care less. Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's more about like what, you know, what do, what do, like what people benefited, you know, because like when you look down the line, like three generations out, nobody remembers who anybody is, regardless of how much they achieved. Um, and at a certain point, everybody becomes one. Like that's just the default of humanity and the default of time. Um, so all of that's pretty irrelevant, I think, personally. But, um, you know, I, I just want to have helped as many people and as many causes that I believe in and have my impact on, you know, my worldview reflected out and had an impact on other things. And hopefully that is reflected for the better, but, you know, perception is pretty irrelevant to me, you know, if the end result is, you know, positively impacted people in in undeniable ways. Like an example of that would be like, if you're able to uh, provide clean water for villages in Africa, it's pretty undeniable that the net net is positive there, right? So doing as many things like that um, worldwide. That's awesome. I I love that. And everyone who's, I ask that, they give such a unique answer. Often it's family impact. Um, And I love that you just kind of like skipped around it. And uh, understanding that is so key. And that's something that I've debated in my mind so many times as well. It's like my great, great grandchildren are never going to meet me and they're not going to know me. So like, what's the impact I can make here? But like, people aren't going to remember either. Like they got the clean water, you know, three generations from now, they're not going to remember who gave it to them. Like it's, it's there. Think about the greatest people of all time, right? Like, who who are some of the most famous people, like uh, from from all time? Like Shakespeare. All we know about the guy is that he made. Is that we know some of the things that he wrote. We don't know yeah. anything about his personal life or his thoughts or his philosophy. And that's the top point zero 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 one percent. You know. So even if you are the greatest ever, even if you're like, I'm not a religious person by any means, but like Jesus, people don't even know that much about that dude, right? No. Like, you know, it's all, it's, it's ridiculous that people think that they're, that, you know, people remember. It's just, it's, it's unrealistic in a time 
Um, you know, I, I think the internet, there is, is a point to be made about that. And like your being and things living on via the internet and all those sorts of things. I do think there are elements of truth to that that didn't exist in times past. Um, but the saturation and volume increase over the next 300 years online is going to be insane. The internet and population is, increase, let alone the internet like is 20 years old. We're a single planetary species. If you think that your YouTube video is going to stand out 300 years from now, I would beg to differ. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. It's so crazy. And yeah, like what you said with Shakespeare is such a great point. It's like just his writings, but Think about the concept of, for example, self-improvement, like you're working to, to being your best self. You meditate and do these things so you can show up your best. I'm really into like, how do I become my best? No one will ever know those things, but you. And like, I will only know those things about me. Like no one is going to, that's not my legacy. Like if I created a book about it, maybe, but like, just no one will know some of those things, which is just so right. crazy. We're, we're very evolutionary, uh, evolutionarily, uh, a, egotistic and be paranoid. And those mm. are the two things that make us think that we're incredibly important and want to be our best selves. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think it's worth being cognizant of um, because it is a survival tactic of species human. Yeah. Well, hundred percent. Like we still have our same, like, like our, the way our bright brains work is like, millions of years old like it hasn't adapted yet we have social media the internet all these things that are so different from how we lived back then so it's just important that you like recognize that when you realize things that are stressing you out day to day oh and also the fact that we're literally all identical it's like points whatever <laughs> zero infinite zero ones that is the def differentiating factor from one another and i think just a you know general understanding of that would uh deplete a lot of worldwide conflict. It makes no sense that there are different countries and continents to me. I think yeah. that it's just a matter of, you know, thousands of years before that changes because, you know, it would be really interesting to see what would happen if an asteroid came towards Earth. Uh, there would be no borders anymore. And that would be really, that would be really interesting. It's something I think about a lot. <laughs> you know what it, my dad brings that up in every conversation that we have like every time we start talking about a world problem he's like like if aliens came or like an asteroid came like he's like at this point like maybe that's what like has to happen for all of us to realize that we're all like the same we all need to work together and, like come together and work on some of these things it's so crazy that we debate with each other about saving the planet like I know we talked about this before but it just it's insane mm-hmm Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was awesome to hear your story and, and get your insights on like a multitude of, of topics here. Uh, appreciate you and everything that you're putting out and can't wait to see like your journey over the next decade and how many people you can impact and help. Likewise. It was fun. Thank you for having me. Hey, I think that the greatest gift in life is presence. So thank you so much for gracing me with your presence of tuning in to this episode. Now, something that I would appreciate a ton and would help this podcast keep growing is if you, one, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your social media so more people can find the podcast and hopefully we can help impact more people. As well as number two is if you can leave a rating and a written review. That means so much. And once again, thank you for being here.